Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Tony Underwood. Tony, welcome. Amy, a very good morning to you and everyone. Um, well, whatever the time of the day it is, isn't it, on a podcast? But yeah, whenever you're I listening, but yeah, absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. It is it is strange, actually, because it it a podcast has such a, a long shelf life that people would be could be listening years down the line. So not just time of the day, but months, years ahead of, of where we are right now. Oh, Amy, you're telling me you're putting me in a timed capsule and uh, uh, who knows when this will be picked up by whom? <laughs> from I love that. <laughs> Let's do some time traveling, Tony. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> so what is it you're focusing on at the moment? Well, um, resurrection, perhaps, is my, I don't know, transition. Um, I've had a couple in my life, uh, but one was sort of forced upon me a couple of years ago due to the you know, lots of people I'm sure are affected by the COVID side, side of things. My occupation, which was flying aeroplanes, was massively affected. Uh, so I was uh, let go three years ago and um, 20 years of flying aeroplanes uh, got sort of uh, paused for a while. But, uh, you know, with reflection and I know we're talking about purpose today with that sense of what I wanted to do going forward. Um, in a lot of ways, flying wasn't doing that for me. So uh, a resurrection, a transition over the last two or three years into something uh, that really fulfills me and gives me a sort of sense that I'm, you know, going forward, doing something I really want to do and get a lot from and hopefully other people do as well. And it's in the area of helping um, individuals, whether they be leaders or not, um, and organisations in terms of establishing what I feel is, you know, the right behavioural um, sort of actions that leads to performance um, in organisations. And, you know, through the lens of someone who's had the sort of background and experiences that I've had, whether it's been in sport or, um, or more latterly in aviation or just in life in general. Uh, so it's very much not a theory-based uh, aspect of, you know, you know, kind of explanation about how you do things, but more an experiential thing about what you do and what you need to do to create the right environment to which to, uh, you know, I, I, to perform. Yeah. And there's some really interesting choices of words that you've given me here. You've got resurrection and transition, both of which are, you know, huge, huge descriptions of, of what you've been going through. Why choose those words in particular? Um. Well, I think in a lot of ways, it's because this whole concept of purpose is something we might have an opportunity to be a part of or to have in your life. But for I think for a lot of us, we go, and I've gone through 20 years without really having one. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of is 
revelatory almost to sort of be in a uh, being in an environment which you've kind of created yourself and kind of manufacture manufactured doesn't it just seems a bit cold but yeah you, you kind of uh designed designed a, a future going forward which is totally different to what i was doing and through choice and through um you know conscious sort of reflection on what what it is you want to do and and what how can you you know be a be the best version of self and and and, and etc so yeah I, I maybe sort of i probably sort of naturally chose the word subconsciously resurrection but then i think a lot of us might back away from it because of the the nature of the word <laughs> but uh, um this isn't well if you if you're listening to this at easter sometime but perhaps it, it might it might have some 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 other sort of tones to it but uh um but it, but yeah just a sense of just you know i i think the transition as well probably sits more comfortably because that's kind of what i've had to do um post rugby uh and it is a big transition at that sort of stage of your life anyone who's been involved in anything at that you know to any level uh and then had to reinvent yourself and and sort of move forward um about what it is you're going to do so i had it kind of had a choice then um it was probably a bit more function perfunctory that'd be the right word uh at that stage about what came next um this one required a little bit more well, mainly because I had to move forward and I had to move forward quickly back then. This one, well, I had to move forward quite quickly because I had to make some money, but, um, and, and, you know, still, you know, getting there in terms of where I was financially, um, you know, as, as a pilot and then a sort of, sort of sent pretty, pretty solid career. But now, you know, perhaps with a few more decades of experience about that was feeding into what it is I wanted to do next. And it's really interesting. You you spoke about the looking through the lens of sport and aviation and from the perspective of black box thinking, using the failures of the past to understand how you can perform in the future. Both those areas are really well drummed in how to do this. It's both sport and the aviation industry know how to reflect. So from that perspective, has that helped you to move forward? Yeah, I think um, it, it's almost, I think some of the areas I delve into sort of this, this, you know, when I talk about leadership, for example, because you're talking about reflecting right now, when I talk about leadership, um, and reflecting is probably one of those things, you don't get given a lot of guidance about how to do it. Uh, both those things, a lot of these things, you know, I can talk from a leadership perspective is, if you're good at doing something, you know, performing your role in, in a, at a sort of certain level, then you, you get promoted and you're just expected to, you know, kind of almost by osmosis. And I think that's some of the words you get told, isn't it? Is oh, just watch the ones you like and, and watch the ones you don't like and try and be like the former and not like the latter. Uh, so that's your education about how to do leadership. You know, uh, and it's the same with reflection. I think it's kind of like, well, uh, go do your flight, come back, uh, and then sit in a quiet, quiet corner uh, and think about what happened. But what processes can help with that? And I think you know, obviously, with your background, etc., being able to ask yourself the right questions or being asked the right questions by by someone else is is 
you know one of the is is probably the way to go but no one gets really gets taught those things or you know how how to sort of really break something down and and sort of move forward with it um in in rugby we you know we've got plenty of coaches that do that but you know possibly would have been something that you know self reflection at that sort of stage as opposed to just getting feedback from others would have said that again would have been undeveloped but I was in the sort of young days of professionalism so one imagine 28 years on uh, they're doing that a lot better now and and armed with the right tools to which to reflect so I think what, what I want to tell you with that is even in as you say that some a couple of sectors where or activities where reflection needs to be part of the process otherwise you can't you can't move forward you know, and I can't speak for rugby now, but, you know, but, uh, you know, you, you, even in those environments, it can be better, uh, let alone in environments where people aren't necessarily forced into it or, or made to, they can get through life without really spending much time reflecting too much. And it's in the same strand that you can get through life without thinking about purpose, without understanding how purpose folds into your daily activities. It's perfectly possible to to live at life without actually contemplating how purpose folds in. And you mentioned earlier the concept of purpose being quite revelatory, that you have been able to create it and design it and you moved away from the word manufacture because it was too cold and it's more of a manifestation isn't it it's, it's that designing but being conscious of of that through choice now i know that you had a catalyst which forced that choice but can you see a life now where purpose doesn't feature <laughs> um i would like to think no because i feel i've found something that's sort of taking me upon this path but you know, life is such that it's very it's very easy sometimes, and you know, because that needs to change. It needs to evolve. It can't just be a snapshot now, and that's your purpose for the rest of your life. You know, sort of thing. It needs to be continually reflected upon, and sort of worked upon, and designed, and redesigned. And but um, and so much t sometimes. You know, I think that I can't remember who said it, but I think there's some change formula out there. And one of the biggest factors in where the changes to occur is just how much of a status quo you're in. Uh, how 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 um how much desire is there for change? And and for and, and for that to really set you on the process of um you know redesigning something and you know reflecting on something almost. Um so um, I, I, I'd, I'd like to hope that I'm in that sort of um, desired path. I know we were talking about that before the call, but, uh, you know, that sense of just, yeah, now I'm on this road. And there's a reason I'm on this road. So the catalyst happened. And one of the things with that was that as a result of the catalyst, it, it sort of pushed me into that area of purpose because I realized that, that uh, there was a gnawing sort of sense of um un unfulfillment um when i you know through my career in aviation and 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 that that was what it was um i'd, I'd been lucky in the world of rugby and sports in general i'm sure any athlete you talk to anyone involved in sport you know you you can't get by without articulating a purpose and driving towards one and uh, but you can in aviation and you can in so many other areas of your life get through and kind of perform and do all right 
and 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 get to sort of reasonably high levels, you know, like myself, without having. But that's very much reflected on an an individual sense of purpose. And I think what it is for me is more a collective sense of purpose um, that probably uh, I need more of. You know, uh, you know, I I get more out of performing together with others to achieve something, um, and. You know, so any nervous flyers out there, you do, you do kind of, you try to try and generate that and you try and get there on a flight. But what people mostly don't understand, especially in some big organizations, and I was in, you know, three very big ones, was you, you, you're pretty much flying with strangers every time you go to work. So, so I use this, well, that, that sort of concept of the Groundhog Day thing of every time you go to work, you're starting again to develop your purpose, your, your goal, your vision, almost your culture of this flight and this team that you've got assembled and you have the privilege to be in charge. Well, you know, the captain of, in charge of. But um, so uh, you um, you have that privilege with that lot to try and develop something. And then literally you get back to your home base and, and physically just see it disappear and as they walk away from the baggage carousel away from you uh and then a few days later you reassemble with another group and start all over again um and and it's that that ultimately was i think eating away at me just um that that sense of just um not not being able to go along the road that desired path that i wanted to it's so interesting, Tony, because where you're using the, the the comparisons of your sporting world, where you had a team that you built, you evolved, you you nurtured, you developed over a passage of time with that end purpose in mind of a particular game, campaign, cup, whatever it may have been. Whereas starting fresh, yes, you've got a purpose, you need to get to a particular destination for being a pilot, but to have to sort of start every time with a new te- new team a new environment it, it's very different these two different sort of ways of working now that you've had this opportunity to evolve with purpose and create something and design it with purpose what is it that you really want to achieve with your leaders embrace embrace the concept i think it, it, um I think it's, it's almost a societal concept or, a, or it's an organizational one because of the time of pe- people you sort of see in there that um, performance sort of targets and, and, and where focus is very much um, is quite short term. And what I would like to see in them is more a sort of concept of going deeper than most people's initial concept of my objective in this company is to make profits. And I'm sort of involved in some sustainability work in the ESG perspective. And, you know, we talk about people and the planet, but I I very much love this concept. I think it's the triple bottom line thing that it's about sustainability of organization as well as people and planet. And so you very much need to have that as an outcome but the concept, I don't know whether listeners might have heard about, is profits don't lead, they follow. In sporting parlance, it's, you know, get the process right, get the people right, get your culture right, get your purpose right, 
and that's your focus, that's your drive, that's what we're aiming towards, the score will take care of itself and ultimately in your favor usually. So that's the concept of just embracing this aspect of uh, getting the people side of things right within your organization. Uh, and through an understanding about how you lead and what culture you're trying and an environment you're trying to create, um, you get much more from out of each other. You'll get much more from the organization as a result and your sustainability. And if you want to use the word profits, will benefit as a result of it. Um, and, and so it's kind of like changing the, hopefully what they can get out of it is just you know, a change of a lens away from short-term thinking into long-term thinking and how you get how you get about it, go about it. And this sense of almost legacy. Um, Simon Sinek's got this wonderful, well, he talks about a lot of wonderful stuff, but that's that that concept about the finite game and the infinite game. Um, and you know, even in sport, which people look through the lens. And they would say, there's a finite outcome in sport. You know, you're on the pitch, it's for 80 minutes, and, you know, you either win or you lose, okay? And for that moment, yes, it is a finite outcome. But most sports organizations, I would like to think, it's not, you know, yes, these are the steps, but they're the steps towards what? And again, this is where I, I come back to objectives and purposes, is, is um, if you've got a a more clearly articulated thought about what your purpose is as a group, then you translate that into um, how you go about, you know, gelling this group of people together better and what they're doing, not just in terms of a sport organization, but the effect we have on a community, we, uh, the fact that we have on population, you know, the galvanizing sort of effect you have on society through sport, et cetera, are also aspects of, you know, an outcome, not just the one nil if it's a football on the pitch, um, or, um, to, but to where where you can articulate success and where you can articulate how can performance can be. And, and you engage with people at that sort of level, it reflects upon how, how well you succeed as an organization financially as well. Um, but, you know, stepping back from just being profit-led to being a real clear objective about the purpose you're trying to design here um, uh, will lead to so many more different outcomes that eventually will lead to better sustainability of organization as well. It's so interesting that you, you spoke about the infinite game because it, I was thinking that as you were articulating the way that you were shifting that lens from short term to long term and, and it is that legacy piece. And also the, when galvanizing a community, you bring together the the core element of connection, bringing people together through sport or through through a, a business and that sense of belonging and shifting from profit-led to impact-led, understanding where you're going to be making an impact and not just, you know, for the immediacy, but for the, the long term. Is there a particular legacy that you are looking to achieve either as a living legacy or as a, a post-life legacy? Oh, thank you. Um... I think the, yes, but almost a sort. You know, I ref, I'll, I'll refer to why, but keeping him alive, and him being a particular person to me, but also it can be anybody and anything. 
so hopefully there's a sense of what I leave is, is a legacy of people wanting to keep the keep the um the teachings or if you had ah, teaching sounds a bit grand the the um the way the way of the way of doing things almost you know uh he, you know you left us a warm mark upon people and that people want to sort of model it going you know a model the sort of way of doing things and people want to sort of maintain that so for me um a particular person that uh, was very influential in my time in rugby was a guy called steve black blackie very influential in my rugby career my time up in newcastle when i was playing there very influential in the success that we had as individuals and the and, and as, as a group sorry but also as individuals and he passed away a year ago and to me there was um um you know profound impact i think in a lot of ways people have that in their lives especially when you i hadn't seen him for a while and um uh, and i think but the story i want to relate is the fact that i was out cycling one day and and the Yorkshire countryside where I am. Lovely, lovely day. So lovely. It was just making, you know, one of those days to just make an imprint on you. But then that sort of reality of loss sort of um, comes to you that I'll never get to share it with Blackie. And unfortunately, it was another very good friend, Inga Twigamar, another massive rugby star and, and lovely friend of mine that passed away last year as well. Never get to share it with these guys. And that sense of loss and sorrow if you like but very swiftly that day just got replaced with a sense of i am sharing it with them because people like them again coming back to you want to keep them alive they don't leave you they never leave you and they you know sit in your heart somewhere or wherever you choose to sort of place them in yourself but um so that keeping them alive for me is very much a the teachings, if you like, or the learnings of what did Blackie model and what do people like Blackie and Inga model in the way they do things that um, you want to you pay forward almost. Um, and talking about purpose was a massive element of his life um, and, and, and his teachings and what, what he did. So... So yeah, so yes, there's an element of legacy that he's left with so many people. Um, if you can just, you know, pay that forward in some way that some of that is reflected upon anyone else that I have the privilege coming across and allow me in their lives to, to influence in some small way, that in some small way that I can pay that forward if you like. And that is the beauty, isn't it, of legacy of of these moments that you've shared with the people that you had the privilege to be on the planet at the same time with. And to pass on, you mentioned teachings, pass on their teachings, their way of doing things to the generations that didn't have that privilege of being around at the same time as these people. And that's that's the core of of the connection. That's the core of of what it is we are looking for in life. That element of fulfillment is to understand and to process, to then share, to to replicate in some ways the the modeling, as you say, of the greats and those greats being in all different facets, all different ways that they've come together. And that and that collection, I call this podcast 
my sort of a library of of purpose pioneers because I'm bringing together moments moments of just as you shared huge impact that people have had on other people and these ripple effects will continue in in different ways and it may be that something you've just shared is going to have a huge ripple on someone understanding that they are able to share moments with those who are not here anymore and in doing so they then go on to create massive impacts and that massive impact could literally be just one confidence boost in one person for that single moment and yet it goes on to create incredible things no thank you and and um and, and i you know i'm comfortable sort of sitting here and being a, a, in the collective of pioneers uh, but um i think in some small way if, if, if your listeners can sort of take that aspect of as much as possible someone might be listening to this have an idea what i did in my past or they might have an idea about, oh, you know, played rugby for British Lions and we were an A380, etc. Um, but underneath all those sort of stuff, you know, I'm a hugely ordinary person. And what what we want to, but just lucky enough to have done some extraordinary things because I've just been at the right time, right place, and happened to have found something that I could do reasonably well. But it's in it's it's within the gift of all of us to pioneer this stuff, I think, is what I want to impress upon them. And, you know, uh, as I said, you know, I'm very ordinary. And I think what what we like to think is the sort of work we're doing is be that pioneer in your own way to make the change in areas where, unfortunately, people don't have that in their lives. So if I make quickly reflect upon, um, I'm involved as an ambassador at Newcastle Rugby Foundation, so community work we're doing there is trying to again put together a program that does exactly that this try and all the hard work that are being done by families teachers that the role models that you have in society for our kids but what can we do to complement that work and help these you know they are pioneers themselves and and, and in the roughest conditions how can we back them up to help them with their messaging, uh, because it is in these kids' lives somehow, somewhere, but it's just getting drowned out by other stuff, and especially in today's society with the amount of in, you know interventions and interruptions and uh, that are just being force-fed onto our lives, trying to break through that with positive messaging uh, of of what we want to do to 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 help them be better versions of self and um and move forward and as i said help in, in some small way people who are just out there you know doing their damnedest to try and make it happen themselves but just getting you know drowned out so what does this version of tony with blackie and inga what what is this gorgeous message that you want to translate in some way to the future or even the current generations i'll use the word love and you can use whatever word you want but to, to to them and to me everything revolves around relationships 
and relationships in whatever form it is. You know, I've talked about parent to child, you know, teacher to pupil, friend to friend, uh, relative to relative, whatever. But any small interaction you have with people, it's all about relationships and it's all about intent in that relationships. And that sense of just respect for others and respect that you ref you reflect in your behavior to others that indicates that respect and that love uh, that you have for humanity, I guess, that, you know, as people, we desire it in ourselves. And why don't we put that in each other's lives a bit more? And, and, and try and reflect upon that in the aspect of Inger and Blackie and myself and anyone in that world. You're in a very stereotypical, you know, testosterone-filled um, physicality, physical environment. It's all about sort of strength shown by the physical side of things. But what harnessed it, what took it forward was love. And he would use that word. So we can do it in that kind of environment. You know, don't give me any nonsense that you can't have it in your lives, etc. Because what I want you to see is that in that environment, that's what it took to create success and performance. Um, it's the same in any aspect of life when you're dealing with people. And <laughs> I struggle to find anywhere where you're not dealing with people. Respect is a huge value in rugby. It is, and it clearly has echoed into your own personal values as well. What else do you hold as your values, Tony? Well, I, su I suppose since most of the stuff I talk about is, is about purpose, but how purpose, again, coming back to relationships, what the purpose as a collective, if you like, is your culture, purpose as an individual is your set. To me, that sense of tapping into and understanding your needs and values. When, when, when you're trying to translate from an individual to a community or a team sort of side of things, and this development of culture, and again, this idea of love and respect for others, they're, they're all the foundations to a word trust. And to, to me, everything that I, I guess, sort of harness, so, you know, short of giving a glib answer to say, well, look at the trust equation and probably in a lot of ways, if, if you look at those sort of components of that, perhaps that's where I sit. So, and I'll try my best to remember it now, but so the credibility, which is kind of a capability side of things, you can't do anything or can't uh, get anyone to trust you unless you, you know, you do what you say you're going to do or can do what you say you're going to do and do it well. So um, reliability, just that sense of just your, your authentic self, that's what's coming through and you're doing it reliably all the time. You know, this concept of trust is built, you know, drip by drip by drip in a positive way, but so often our lives can come crashing down, in, you know, in a very, you know, throw the bucket out almost, you know, that you're filling up, you're filling up that bucket drip by drip, but it just can just go crashing down by being tipped over as soon as one element of your life isn't reliably sort of uh, um, backing up this sense of trust that you're building. The other one is intimacy, which is that sense of just, 
you know, can be translated in so many ways that, but love, I think probably the best way we, since we're talking about it, that vulnerability, that ability to be okay that you're, that you're not okay. Be okay that you don't know it all. Be okay that you can't do everything. Be okay that you're not invulnerable, basically. And you take away that sheen of your like of gloss that you're trying to project to everyone and thinking that's your way forward. You get more from out of others if you just lose that and they can be, you know, vulnerable back to you as well and intimate with each other. You can't do that. So you can't articulate purpose, for example, unless you're intimate with self and, intimate, and you can't develop a culture and a, a collective sense of purpose unless you're intimate with each other's to really understand each other's individual needs. And then the last component is self, it's like selfishness so, or self-interest, because that's the thing that tips the bucket over um, of trust. So, um, you know, how much are you selfless about what you're doing? But selfless, and this is some work by Adam Grant I loved about give and take, that sense of, it's about being selfless, that's where success lies but you end up at the top of the tree and the bottom of the tree if you're selfless. It's how you look after self as well. Um, so you're not just being selfless to, to, with due disregard to yourself. Um, and those are the ones that end up in the bottom of the success ladder. It's those are the ones that are selfless who end up at the top of the ladder who are an understanding of their own need as well and not losing themselves in that. So, yeah, coming back to your original question, I guess, yeah, that sense of just uh, those components, I guess, that lead towards um, how you conduct yourself and, um, uh, and, 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 and conduct yourself with others, if you like, trust in action. I love that. And, and what I really love about this is the, the understanding of, of where you've been, what you've achieved. And I love how you describe yourself as, as, oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember now. It was just that, yes, you've had the ability to experience extraordinary things, but you said you were hugely ordinary. And, but it's in that ordinary knowing, again, that vulnerability of knowing that there's more to, to learn, that there's more to, to do, there's more to achieve that keeps you in this really healthy perspective. And, and yes, it's the trust equation of understanding that you're both on, on the top and the bottom of the tree. Where would you say you're on this ladder at the moment? What, what is it you, you're aspiring? What is it the ladder going towards that you're looking to achieve? Well, I think the important thing to talk about any ladder or any journey that you're on is that it, it is an infinite game back to the Synex sort of mentality. So never feeling like uh you know you have goals but you need to keep reflecting about where it is because it helps you i think from the aspect of just aspiring to be the best version of self you can be but it also helps you when the that that sort of concept of it's the journey where life happens or your your goal is your journey almost you could, I think it's, I don't know whether that sort of, you can understand what I'm saying with that, but it, it's the sense of just how you spend your time on your journey is to me a goal. And, um, and the outcomes are sort of, sort of 
stages that you get to on the ladder, if you like. You know, that, I, I guess that you can visualize sort of getting to the top of a mountain if say it's climbing the mountain and you get to the top of the mountain, but then you see the peak that comes after it. sorry, the drop that comes after it and followed the trough, followed by another one then trough and then another one. So if you conduct your life always aspiring and thinking that it's just reaching goals, if you like, uh, it, and, and those are sort of what you drive yourself towards without an understanding that it's only one step along the way. You know, you, you're setting yourself up for, you know, disappointment in, in, in some ways. And it's sort of, um, and I think probably sort of steps back to understand where, to me, a lot of ways, resilience kind of happens and robustness kind of, uh, you you understand that this is what life's like. And you understand that it's surviving success, if you like, the top of the mountain, as well as surviving failure, the troughs. Because, you you know, when you get, I guess that concept of surviving success is, well, what next? How do you survive that time? How do you move forward when, say that, you know, talking about word transition that I had, you get to the top of, you know, you, you play for the British lines and you can't continue going because injuries and form and, and um, uh, et cetera, sort of start affecting your ability to keep doing that. Well, what next? And, you know, how do you survive the success of being a British Lions rugby player? You know, um, how do you move forward? Well, by understanding that that's just one little step along this journey that we're taking. And that's, uh, and so I, I guess coming back to that sort of kind of question you asked about what the Blackies and Ingers and sort of teach you uh, to a lot of, to a great extent, I think this is what it is. It's, it's how you live your life almost as a sort of sense of a goal and how you conduct yourself on this journey that we're on um, is it, probably um, where I've kind of got to with that. I can't help, Tony, but think that the catalyst which started this whole conversation today or the, where you started with the grounding, the physical grounding of not being able to fly has actually also metaphorically been an incredible grounding for your life. Yeah, but I also you can take that metaphor a little bit further and say, you know, giving you a lift off, giving me a lift off, or giving me a, a another trajectory that I'm flying um, on now, as a result of having been grounded in that part of your life. And um, so, yeah, it's a series of touching. We call them touch and goes in the industry about sort of okay coming down to land and sort of not stopping but continuing to sort of uh, on the on the roll keep that speed up build enough speed and then take off again and then continue to come back around again and do it again doing it again and do it again we we practice in aeroplanes when we're uh, to, to 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 practice landings and takeoffs that way but you know i think that's a great metaphor for life in a lot of ways and and and, and that's the transition that i had a few years ago yes so uh, sometimes you're brought down to earth, but it's how you sort of continue that momentum and continue that speed so you can take off again. Yeah. And that's sometimes it's forced upon you. Sometimes you create it yourself, but recognize it and take advantage of that opportunity when it comes your way. So now that you're not actually a pilot in physicality, you are essentially a pilot of your own life now, which is fantastic. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Brilliant. We could we could carry on with this metaphor for ages, but uh, in terms of of 
how could people reach out, Tony? What's the best way to connect and follow your work or find out about how they could bring you in and talk about leadership in their organisation? Uh, well, thank you for asking. Um, uh, LinkedIn, just do a search for Tony Underwood. I think it's uh, I'm not on there massively, as you know, Amy. Sorry, but uh, so, uh, but that's I'm not a massively into it. Twitter, I'm on, but again, you know, just sort of. Uh, uh not massively active but as a reaching out platform both of those are absolutely fine i, I think it's underwood or un, underwood underscore tony um on twitter there's a website in development trustcenteredleader.com so hopefully you can reach out to me there soon um but just yeah those sort of ways are a bit you know uh, but hopefully when you see me in, a, in the real world please come up and say hello and uh, I, 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 it's privileged sometimes when you sort of meet people that I sort of see in, uh, in, in life and you kind of look up to and, oh, wow, amazing person, sort of, uh, uh, you, you sort of heal that hesitance about saying hi and just respecting the person. It's always a shock when someone does that to me that, uh, <laughs> that remembers that long ago. But um, it's always a lovely thing when it happens. And, you know, so hopefully people feel charged to, to, to do that if they see me in the street sometime. Please come and say hi. Well, it's been an absolute privilege from my perspective, having be, watched rugby since I can remember as, as a very young girl and remembering watching you play rugby. It was a, a great, a great privilege to have you on the show today. So thank you so much for sharing your perspective on purpose. It's been a really, truly magical conversation so thank you tony amy thank you so much and really appreciate it i think uh, um it, it's lovely to know that you know the things you're doing in some some way sort of affect someone as you say leave it a little bit in, in people so uh, i had the privilege of doing it back then and and, and and thank you for saying that it really means a lot yeah it's fantastic so and also a shout out to gary hosey for the introduction so thank you gary really appreciate that it's always Thanks, wonderful gary. Yeah. We have a bit of emotional intelligence running through everything we're talking about. Hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. There's been a lot here, so thank you, Tony. Thank you for sharing your purpose. Have you got some final words for the listener, please? Well, you've, you've, I, I kind of did, but then you sort of led me on so many different paths on this conversation. I, um, I think, but perhaps if I can give people a takeaway with a sense of just stuff we've talked about, about how you develop purpose and we talked about trust and we talked about love in a lot of ways, but, you know, back to that sort of concept about how things work, but really what can you do? And so if I can sort of take that, you know, in terms of a takeaway from people with a sense of like, we've talked about doing these things, but what do you need to do to do it? How can I put it in my life sort of thing, you know? Probably the best way I can do that, it's a quote by, I think it was Confucius, but his original quote was, there's beauty in everyone and everything. Your job is to see it. And it's easy. I mean, you won't see things, listeners, but the backdrop I've got here is I'm in the North Yorkshire countryside. And when you get out there, really see it, immerse yourself in that and just really take it in because we have this and I think we've got quite deep today, so I can maybe keep going there a little bit more with a sense of just embrace that being alive and, and just you know you know see it in every little aspect of your life that you can but what i want to sort of take that a little bit further is in your interactions with people there is beauty and value in every and i'll use the word value because that sits better with people rather than beauty there's value in everyone your job is to see it but take that a little bit further but help them to see it too 
And I think if you just approach your interactions with people in that way, you will translate that into this ability to generate trust and develop relationships with people and really approach life and with an amazing purpose to really change people's lives in that way. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.